It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Uh, it's the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast, and it is a Wednesday. It is the day after the quarterfinals. Brady saw one in uh, Saginaw at SVSU between Richmond and Millington. I saw one down in Adrian between uh, Algonac and uh, Grass Lake, and it was interesting. I, I think we had uh, two kind of different experiences, even though both games were close. Yeah, I mean, you kind of knew what you were getting into with Millington-Richmond. You knew it was going to be a pitcher's duel. Um, and despite it being a really good game, a well-played game, it I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about it when we get into it. I feel like we're going to have a whole lot to say about your game. Uh, my game had a little bit of everything in it. It was a very spicy game. That's the adjective that I will use for it, and I think we'll get into that uh, first. And I will probably go off on a minor uh, rant uh, about something that bothers me. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll just get all into that when we, when we get it rolling. I do want to say we're getting really close to the golf outing. Yeah, okay. a week from Saturday. A week from Saturday. So please, if you haven't gotten signed up and you're planning on golfing, um, get uh, in on that. Just go to GetStuckOnSports.com. There's a tab. It says Golf Outing. We keep it really simple, At and it's Elf. a whole lot of fun. June uh, 25th is the exact date. Just in case you're, you were curious. All right. So with that being said, we'll uh, take the break here, and then we'll get into it, and we'll talk about the uh, Algonac game against Grass Lake first when we come back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series Shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark Shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark Shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval, equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 401863. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Garrett Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Garrett Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMorrin Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. We start with the quarterfinal game played at Adrian College uh, yesterday uh, between Algonac and Grass Lake. Coming in, Grass Lake. 38-3, and three, Brady. They lost a doubleheader to start the season. Right. And they were 38-1 and one since that point. They cruised through districts and through regionals, outscoring their opponents in four games, 47-4. to four. Yeah, they had a very similar road as Algonac in terms of at least, well, strength of schedule and 
how much they actually had to sweat throughout the playoffs, which wasn't at all. Yeah, and then, of course, we had talked about what Algonac had done, 31-3. and They split three BWAC doubleheaders against three really good teams. Right, a team that was playing yesterday. Yeah. A team that was eliminated by a team that was playing the other day, and a really good North Branch team that bowed out in districts. Yeah, and uh, they absolutely mauled everybody on their path to the quarterfinal. 71 to nothing in, you said, 13 and a half innings? Yeah. Yeah. And they, the the minimum they could have played was 12. They played an extra, like, inning and a half. Well, I guess technically 10 if they were the home team every time. Yeah. But, yeah. B- Bishop they, Foley gave them a struggle at 10 to nothing. Right. So you knew Algonac was a really good team, and we didn't know a lot about Grass Lake except for what the record said. And while they appeared to have been a really good team and well for the first time Algonac had to travel a lot and the team they were playing got to stay close to home yeah it wasn't a a far trip I I passed Grass Lake Road so I know they didn't have far to go um but uh, Algonac did uh Algonac lost the toss that Adrian if you if you weren't aware yeah you know Algonac lost the toss they went out one two three in the first inning um the the starting pitcher for Grass Lake um her name was Laney Brown doesn't throw particularly hard. I, I was trying to think of somebody in the area that she reminds me of. Um, maybe a Brandy Bassett type pitcher. More hit spots, but we'll, yeah, and like, makes the slow the slow stuff makes the fastball look, look faster look, than it look is. a little faster. And, it, and it's not that she couldn't amp it up and bring it when she needed to. It just it, it wasn't the go to kind of pitch. It was hit your spots. And it took Algonac a while trying to figure out how to square her up and and get good swings at her. But it, but in the meantime, Do you think part of that was because they hadn't faced really a dominant pitcher since then, and they were able just to cakewalk their way through. Yeah, well, I I think that that had a a little bit to do with it. I think it took them a few innings to to get the feel back and and to time her like uh, again. She's certainly way better than anything that they had faced in the postseason. In, in the postseason so far, and and so I, I think it, it it took a second. Um, also, too, you know, you, you get into a, a playoff and you get into pressure situations, uh, and I think the first couple times through the order, maybe people are, are trying to to do too much. So they went out one, two, three in the first, and Grass Lake came up in the bottom of the first. Their leadoff hitter Riley Fitzpatrick hit a solid single to get on uh, base. They sacrificed her over to second, uh, and then their number three hitter Olivia Turner, who, who I think is the best bat in their lineup, like. She scared me when, when she hmm. came to the like by the by the time she got her fourth at bat like I was nervous about what was going to happen right um, and she hit a long fly ball out to uh, left the the ball carried pretty well yesterday because when she first hit it I didn't think it was I, it was a deep fly ball but I didn't think it was going that deep uh, and Thaler went back out to the warning track and just couldn't hold on to it in her glove initially watching it i said eh, degree of difficulty that's a double would have been an over the shoulder catch um and they scored an error then they scored a hit and an error and then they went back to an error and they're college scorekeepers so i went with what they did so they scored an error fitzpatrick scored from second on the play turner ended up at second a ground ball moved her over to third with two outs and then laney brown singled up the middle to drive in the run and it was two nothing grass lake with two unearned runs in the bottom of the first, and it stayed that way. 
And you're going, oh, maybe Grass Lake is the real deal, and Algonac might be in for a battle. Well, I'm I'm just like when we got to like the the fourth inning, I was talking with uh, Brendan Welper who was there, uh, and I'm just like, you know. We're okay at two to nothing because Algonac is a bloop and a blast, and they've got all kinds of blast in their lineup. Right, one like, through nine, anyone can run yeah. into one. I think who the, who was the nine hole hitter? Uh, Thaler. Thaler, yeah, and yeah, she's, she's hit, got power. I've seen her hit one out, and yeah, it's not like you can you're gonna count on her, but you know if she runs into one, she definitely has the power to put it out. And then in the uh, the second inning, Algonac actually loaded the bases with one out. Um, they got a walk. Thomason tried to uh, sacrifice Reams over to second, and the third baseman threw the ball high to first, so two on. Then uh, Simpson hit into a fielder's choice. Really good play. Third baseman atoned for the uh, error by picking up the ball in front of home plate, turning and firing to third where the shortstop had gotten over to cover, and they got the out at third. It was a really nice play by uh, Grass Lake. Grass Lake, uh, they're they're in the quarterfinals, and they're 38-3. They were a good team. Um, so now you've got two on with one out. Then DeVernay singled sharply into left to load the bases, but they struck out D. DeLang, and they got Thaler on a hard ground ball to first to get out of the inning. Then in the third inning, after the first two were out, Vossler doubles off the left field fence. Uh, again, a ball that when she hit it, I knew it was over the left fielder's head because they play shallow. Were they, they? Yeah, they, which is they, weird because everyone in my game was playing super deep. No, no, they they play shallow, take away the the hit. They figure if you hit it over their heads, you've earned it. Um, and Vossler's drive hit off about the middle of the fence on the fly, so she's at second. But they struck out Reams to get out of uh, that inning. Then in the uh, third inning, Thomason let off with a single. They bunted her over to second, couldn't get her any further along. So you know, for three straight innings. Algonac is threatening, and they're leaving runners in scoring position. They, they've left five on base with four of the five being at second base or further. So they're close. It's not – sometimes you get a dominant pitcher, and you're just like, oh, my God, we get someone to second. Like, this is our only chance. Yeah, it's like – so you're, you're feeling like, wow, they're, they're not getting the big hit yet, but they're getting the chances, and as long as they're getting the chances, it's Algonac. Somebody's going to run into one here right. sooner or later. We get to the uh, the bottom of the fourth, and with two outs and nobody on, Caitlin Postema hit one over the center field uh, fence for a solo home run to make it 3 to nothing. and now I'm like, hmm. Now it's not a bloop and a blast anymore. Now you got to get a couple of runners on. Now it's right. like you got to get a rally. Yeah. So again, Algonac's Doable, a team that can do this. But it's, yeah, you feel like two runs, it can switch like that. Three, you, you, it needs to be more than just a little bit of luck. So now we come into the moment of the ball game. Hmm. Top of the fifth inning, Camden Thaler grounds out to short to start the inning. Then Kenna Bomarito singles. Then Ella Stevenson singles. Then Sierra Vossler singles, and the bases are loaded. With Next, the meat of the order. With, with the meat of the order. You got your cleanup hitter coming up with bases loaded and one out, and you're down by three. So, you know, as a broadcaster, and I'm sure as a fan, you're in your head going, oh, grand slam here gives you the lead. Wouldn't this be heroic? Reem strikes out on the 3-2 pitch, so now there's two outs, so now it's even more dramatic. Right. As uh, Bree Thomason comes to the plate, jumps on the first pitch, hits a laser beam to right. Immediately, I know two things. It's over the right fielder's head, and it looks like it's going to hit the fence. 
So at least two runs. You're getting runs on the board. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking off the bat, this is probably a three-run triple to tie the game. Well, the, the the ball kept rising. Had the backspin on it. And it just got over the top of the fence for a grand slam home run. So we think. Right. You're going crazy like I do um, <laughs> in the game. And it's, you know, a, a huge moment. One of the biggest at-bats in the program's history. Quarterfinal grand slam to go ahead. First time you've ever been there. So 4-3 Algonac, right? Well, a- after the smoke uh, clears, um, the coach for uh, Grass Lake, Roger Cook, says something to the home plate umpire. The home plate umpire calls in the other two umpires. They meet over by third base, and I'm immediately going, this is not good. I've seen this last year. Uh, Amdar hit a home run in a Richmond game, and North Branch complained because uh, on the way around third, you know, they they touched hands, and that's illegal, and they can call it out and take the home run away. In the broadcast, you could hear the life leaving your voice. Yeah, I'm like, oh, geez, something's happened here. They're not meeting to go, wow, what a hit. No, and, and, and sure enough, they took the grand slam away. They counted two runs, so it ended up being a two-run triple, but Sierra Vossler apparently missed home plate. Right. And then one of her teammates, like, touched her and said, go back and touch home plate, and that negates the home. Vossler becomes the third out of the inning. She was, uh, so from what it seemed and what we've been able to gather, she was just really excited, and she got ready to celebrate with Thomason, not just – being so excited and caught up in the moment she didn't touch home plate and i'm glad I, this is going to sound weird i'm glad it was that and it was something that apparently was very cut and dry and even algonac from what i saw was like yeah that happened and not oh that the third base coach gave her a high five and yeah. that's so because that would have been a much much different story. Yeah, it, it it diffuses the situation for me a little bit here because that's just that's that's a mental mistake by the, a muskrat player, um, and now I'm a little less aggravated that a Grass Lake said, "Hey, because no, you you can't do that." Yeah, yeah, right. It there, there are certain rules to baseball. Yeah, on, on that play, you have to round the bases. Everybody has to touch their bases, and you have to touch home plate for everything to count however i am still going to go off because there is a rule in the books um and and it is in relation to what we've got going on here and and that is this you you can't touch anybody till they get home because it's technically aiding the runner but it's not okay here's here's the thing ball goes over the fence it's out of the park we are now in a dead ball situation. There is nothing the defense can do. Nobody can pick up that. No, they can't jump over the fence, pick up the ball, throw it into play, and tag the runner out if they've jogged around the bases too slow. Right. It's a home run. The play is all that's left in this play is circling the bases. So if a runner comes around third and her coach or manager wants to give her a high five, What's the big deal? Why is this bad? If they're coming home to home plate and the kids are celebrating, why are we right, so patting them on the back? Why are they... we so against kids celebrating and being happy about stuff? 
This is okay. This is the quarterfinals of the state playoffs. Bree Thomason has just hit a grand slam home run. She is never going to forget this for as long as she lives. She's going to tell her kids about it. She's going to tell her grandkids about it. And you're telling me we have to take it away? We have to punish somebody's success because kids got excited at home plate and somebody touched somebody too soon, and we're going to reward the team that failed. We're going to bail them out. I don't like that rule. That rule has got to go away. Somebody at the MHSAA has to wake up and go, hey, this high five on home runs, and we got to stop that. And it's a simple fix. You just put the umpire has discretion on a dead ball situation. Well, on any situation, you know if a runner has been assisted by another runner or by a coach or whatever. Right. You know, and you can make that call. On a home run, nobody's assisting any. Okay, if a runner passes a runner, right, I get it. Or that, in that, this situation. Or in this situation. I, it looked like from what I saw and a video I was able to see is she just never touched it, and after Thomason came home, they went, oh, oh my God, we didn't touch home plate. Yeah, that, and went back. And, that's a legitimate mistake where Grass Lake had a legitimate Right. You, you've got to circle the base. You've got to complete the play, touch all the bases, touch home plate. But but it's just <laughs> point, with, with people celebrating at home plate, though, my point is, Brady, if they were calling me out simply because before she touched the plate, somebody, like, slapped her on the, slapped back, her or on the back or gave her a high hit five. Hit her on the helmet. Or was, yeah. Ex- who cares? Dumb rule. Get rid of it. It, it, it It's it's just it, it's bad. And, and don't give people the opportunity to, to again, to, to punish somebody. You know how hard it is, how rare it is to hit a grand slam and to do it in a playoff game to take the in, in that down situation, and, and you're going to say, nope, nope, you can't have it because you guys got too excited. Um, and we're going to bail out the team that just gave up the, the home run and blew the lead. Right. So that's where I, I ooh, I don't like that rule. Rules got to go away. In this case, after seeing the replay today, yes. 24 hours later, well, not quite 24 hours later, but, but after, yes, after, after seeing sleeping. what we saw, Elginac made a mistake. Yes. Uh, and, you know, that's their fault at that point. Yes, it's not It's not what we originally suspected. Because in the moment, who, let's be honest, who the hell is watching the runner on first circle the bases? You're, you're watching the girl that just hit the grand slam. Yeah. You're, you're focused on her and... Well, in high school, you, we, we don't get the benefit of replay. We don't get to be like the pro guys that sit there and have 14 different camera angles and they have the one of the whole field and go, oh, well, that's cut and dry and she missed home plate. Yeah, and, and we don't get the benefit of an explanation either. Like it was an inning later when somebody from Adrian came up to the booth uh, and said ah, they called her out because, you know, somebody – touched her before she touched home plate they didn't say she passed over home plate and somebody right. pushed her back to go touch it had they now, said that i would have changed my tune now <laughs> now that we're in hindsight um do you think if she would have just played it off if they would have noticed i don't know because i, I think grass lake noticed right somebody but do you think grass the umpire would have noticed if if i mean again i'm not blaming anybody because I mean, you're going, you're trying to help your team, saying go back and touch home plate. But if everyone went just 
You didn't touch it. Come on, get to the dugout. Just put your head down. Get to the dugout. <laughs> you think? Yeah, just consider. Continue celebrating like right, nothing happened. Right. And it's one of those. Go just on act about your like business. You belonged. Act get the, like get you the next batter belong. to the plate and let's go again. Anyway, so instead of it being four to three, it's, it's three to two. Grass Lake, and that's a roll. That's three momentum shifts in the span of like thirty seconds. Yeah, you it, go it, from being down three to being up one, to being down one, and now the inning's over. But uh, so you're, you're wondering how are they going to respond to this? And immediately the first batter in the bottom of the fifth ropes a single, and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, you're going, ah, well, yeah. that You feel like there are moments in games where you feel like that was the chance, and it was gone. Yeah. Uh, but the Bomberito settled down, got out of it, so we go to the top of the sixth. Uh, and with, uh, again, two outs, nobody on, they send up a pinch hitter. Tory Boyd bats for D. DeLang. Uh, and, and this is important. Foreshadowing. Because D had struck out twice against Laney Brown and really hadn't had any good swings or they were bad at bats. So Tory Boyd grabs the stick, comes up, slaps a single into uh, right and starts a rally with two outs and nobody on, because then Thaler goes the same way, slaps a single in the right. They've got two on. Kind of Bomarito comes up, bounds one up the middle on a high bounce, um, in, and that scores the run and ties the game 3-3 three to three in the top of the sixth, and, and you're like, all right, yes. here we go, because now they, Ella Stevenson's coming up. Because, and plus, just the mental maturity or fortitude to have the – could you think of a more soul-crushing way to lose a lead in a playoff game? than that because if someone okay if the other team hits a home run to take the lead the other team makes a diving catch that's something you just tip your cap to and you go it's softball that happens the other team wants to win too but to have it just on just a brain fart like that you're going oh my god and they finally come back you're going okay that that's erased it's a brand new ball game zero zero well plus two like for me and for maybe other fans like i haven't seen the play. I don't know that it's like an Algonac mistake right. at this it, so, point. I bitter. just think it's a stupid rule, and I'm bitter that there aren't two runs up on the board, and that that single by Bomarito didn't make it a five to three game. Right. You know, and, and instead we're three three. But I'm feeling good about it. Steve, they got Steven. They got a big out. Uh, Ella flew out to uh, right field to end the uh, the inning. So it's three three going to the bottom of the sixth, and the leadoff hitter in the sixth is Olivia Turner. She already hit the long fly ball out to left in her first at-bat. She hits a bomb to center field. You're barely out of the break. You, the liner barely is said now back to the game with Dennis Stuckey, and it's like, and home run. Yeah, she, she jumped on the first pitch. Stevenson tracked it all the way to the fence, leaped up, and I'm telling you, Brady, I thought she caught it. I thought she had her glove up over the fence and brought it back in. And then she kind of opened her glove. She was laying on the warning track. She opened her glove, no ball. And the umpire started making the circular motion with the hand. And it was a home run leading off the inning for Turner. And just like that, one pitch, one pitch, and it's four to three Grass Lake. And now you're thinking, man, it's just not Algonac's day. No, you've taken now one emotional gut punch, and now you're taking an emotional shot to the chin like that's you've finally climbed your way back and you can't even enjoy it for two minutes 
because the leadoff batter of the next inning puts a bomb out there. Yeah, and then there's a single, a strikeout, and another single. So now there's one out in the inning. You're down four to three. It's the bottom of the six. They've got two on, and you're like, oh, man. They're they're one hit away from putting a nail in the coffin. Right. From from It might already be over, but they get a, a, a hit here. Somebody puts one into the gap, something. It's trouble. And Kenna Bomarito, who to that point, she had struck out one through the first five innings of the game. She strikes out the side and gets out of the jam <laughs> and, and gets her team to the top of the seventh, only down a run. Which, you know, Algonac, they always have a chance anywhere in the order. I, I kept saying to uh, Welper the whole day, bloop and a blast, bloop and a blast. And I had my three bloops and a blast in the fifth taken away from me. <laughs> so you had a bloop and a half blast. So you're, And you're looking at it. You're going, all right, well, that Vossler leads off. Okay, she's got a single and a double today, and she's got the she she can tie the game with one swing of the or, bat. I mean, you don't need to tie it one swing. You have enough good hitters that just pass the baton. Pass, yeah, but pass you, the you, baton. you know how kids are, and you know how home runs hitters are. Well, and you know how we are. <laughs> she's thinking I'm in scoring position right now. Right. So she took a big swing, got one off the end of the bat, and grounds out to short. So one down. Reams comes up, strikes out for the third time on the uh, the day. And you're just and, and that's point, and the dread starts to cut. You yeah, go. it's two down. You're down to your last out. But here comes Bree Thomason. And you just, you're just please, single. Just don't get out. Triple grand slam. Yes, officially a triple. And uh, and she doesn't waste any time. She's a free swinger. If you throw it anywhere near the plate, she's taking a hack at it. And generally, she hits line drives. Another one to right field. Almost identical to the ball that went out close line like it's it takes a second break from the crack of the bat to me going off the top of the wall a second <laughs> two maybe maybe two i doubt it though like we should time it we should go back and time it i bet it's a second it was just boom with a vapor trail hit the yellow on the top of the fence and stayed in <sighs> and stayed in she literally like an inch and a half from tying the game and ends up getting a two-out double, and you're like, no, please don't if end was, with her like standing at second base. If it's slightly less humid, it's a home run. Just, if I, it's 1% less humidity, it's a home run. I'm like, what does Bree Thomason have to do to get that home run and and that big hit? I'm being attacked by a fly. Yeah, we're recording outside, by the way. So, <laughs> So now you've got a runner at second with two outs, so there's hope. But you're also sitting there going, oh, man, that was so close. Please don't let this game end with her standing right. at that, second. And that feels like the final. And those two runs having been taken the away. The final blow of just the universe saying, this is not your game. Yeah. No, not your game. You No Grand Slam. Immediately you tie it. Nope, they get the lead. Oh, you thought you just tied it in the seventh. Nope, bouncing back in by a by a wacky bounce. Then a pitcher who had had complete control all day. Brown had walked one batter, the leadoff hitter in the second, and had thrown nothing but strikes. First pitch to Maria Simpson, bang, right off her front arm, hit by pitch. 
All right, and then that doesn't hurt anything, Grassley. Okay, now you just have a force at any base. Next batter, DuVernay. You get two strikes on her. So they're a strike away from their season being over. Bang! Hit her in the head! <laughs> Didn't hurt her. It was like a change-up. And Sophia got up right away and ran down to first, excited. Right, because now the, <laughs> the tying run is 60 feet away. Now you're like a pass ball. So now you're like, pass okay. Pass ball, uh, an error, just someone loses their mind. You They throw a hit another batter. You somehow get on base to whoever comes to the plate. Yeah. Um. So so now the, you, you know, drama. Yeah. Top of the seventh, two outs, bases loaded. Dee DeLang is the next scheduled hitter because after being pinch hit for, she's re-entered the game. Right. Because she's their best defensive first baseman. So now, here's the situation. You've got a girl who you just pinch hit for her last time up, and the girl that hit for her rakes a single. Right. She has struck out twice and struggled. Well, the the girl who pinch hit for her cannot come back in the game. Yeah. Because she has entered and then been substituted out so it was who you said it was Boyd right yeah but so she is ineligible to play but here's here's the other thing if you hit for DeLang again she's out of the game and you have to figure out who's and, at first yeah place. and if you do get the hit to tie or take the lead who's playing first for you in the bottom of the seventh now a lot of people would look at that situation and go who cares we'll deal with that next we need a batter up there that we're sure is going to get a hit but they stuck with D and she went up there, Brady, and she hit a laser beam into right for hmm. a two-run single that gave Algonac a 5-4 lead out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Two outs, nobody on. Thomason hits one off the top of the fence, and you're all like, oh, it's just not their day. And then all of a sudden, two hitters get hit. And they get well, and they're and, down to their and, final strike. And, and Dee DeLang comes through with a huge hit. 5-4 Algonac now going into the bottom of the seventh. Um, and I'm looking at what's coming up in the bottom of the seventh for Grass Lake, and I'm going 1-2-3. got to get a 1-2-3 if somebody gets on. Because it's Turner what, 9-1-2, right? Yeah. If somebody gets on, Turner gets an at-bat, and, and damn it, she's going to hit one out of here. You just have that sinking feeling. Yep. Um, and so they get Emily Brown on a pop-up, but then Fitzpatrick – Jumps on the first pitch and lines a single into left, and I'm like, "Oh no, oh no!" All right, double play, double play, du- double, double play. But it, but it's like, all right, Guthrie's up. Got to get Guthrie out. They get Guthrie out, so it's two outs, tying run at first, potential winning run at the plate, and Turner, who hit a home run in her last at bat and has hit three deep fly balls in the game, and it's like, oh man. Don't hit one out of here, Turner. Right. Don't do it. Don't, because could you, um, just the emotional heartbreak that you've come back, what now, the fourth time? Yeah. You had the Grand Slam, you had the Bomberito hit, uh, and then, well, you you had the Thomason, thought you came back, then you actually did come back, and then it would be, so three official comebacks, and now you're thinking, oh no, one swing could undo all of that. Yeah. uh, And, and Turner hit it hard, but between third and short for a base hit, it's like I was. I'm the, she got she got a hit. So now the tying runs at second, and the potential winning runs at first. But I'm relieved. Let I'm relieved because the ball didn't leave the ballpark. Did you? Did the thought of an intentional walk come into your head? No, uh, I don't think I you can do that. There. I know it's so taboo. I know it's so taboo to put the 
tying run from first to second and put her in scoring position. But if, and I guess it depends, the coaches probably knew more about the hitters than we did, but if you are that scared of her that you are think it's a legitimate shot, she ends it on one swing, do you take the bat out of her hand and go, anyone but her? Now, the, the problem is, is that the cleanup hitter is the next hitter. Right. And, you know. Some lineups, I guess, if it's the five and, or six hole and, hitter, you And the other thing, I'm telling you right now, Brady, if they walk you to get to me, there is no way they're getting me out. Hmm. There is no way I'm not coming up with a big hit. That that's you're you're just asking for it there. <laughs> that's putting your chips in the middle of the table. I only ask like I get because... it if first base is open, right? No, like that, it's that's second, not... it's second and third, or well, even no, the runner that's, at that's second. Not even a discussion, you know. But yeah, because the way you painted the picture for me is that she was the boogeyman. She to scared Algonac's me. Run. She was the one bat in in their lineup that I'm like, okay, I don't want this kid up here in this situation. But she's she's singled, so now it's first and second with two outs. And uh, and thank you, Bree Saltz, for swinging at the first pitch, because I had had enough drama for the day. <laughs> I didn't need three, two, and runners running off bases. Couple foul balls. I, I didn't need any of that. She swung at the first pitch, hit a routine ground ball to second. Thomason fielded it cleanly, and then she kind of spiked the ball over to first base, and Delang came up with it, and and that was the ball game. <laughs> So, Dietzlang had a clutch hit in a situation where I think a lot of managers would have pinch hit for her again, and they went with her, and she got a clutch hit. Biggest, maybe the biggest, to this point, the biggest hit in school history for the softball program. Yeah. It would have been the Thomason Grand Slam, but they took that away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, that that becomes the biggest and And maybe the, the most unrecognized play, but that might have been the biggest defensive play of the season. Because everyone just immediately sees, oh, she caught it, yes, celebrate, yeah. we're, we're on but the Michigan it, State. it was not a routine catch for her over at first base on, on the uh, the throw. Uh, and and Algonac won the game. Uh, they had uh, five runs on 12 hits. Uh, Grass Lake had four runs on nine hits. And yet the, the pitching wasn't – uh, bad in the, in the ball game. The pitchers were good. They threw strikes. Uh, Brown kind of fell apart there in the top of the seventh, hitting the two uh, batters inexplicably. And again, out of nowhere. Like, this game just had so much out of nowhere stuff happening in it where, like, okay, there, nothing, nothing, move along, nothing to see here. Oh, geez, what right. just happened? So 5-4 final. 5-4 final. that goes to East Lansing. They continue their historic run. I don't think they'd ever... Had they won a regional game before this? I know they hadn't won a regional. No, they hadn't won a regional. I don't even either I, way. So they're now two rounds farther than they've ever been. And I just I I think I know the answer, but game of the year. So far for me. At and least. we have and at I, and most I, you know, two more so at worst uh, unless the next two games are instant classics and we'll talk about what's coming next in a bit, but this sound this sounded like probably you could make the argument top two game we've ever done on Get Stuck on Sports. Yeah, it, it, it for me, uh, no, I wasn't at that Marysville Marine City football game. That was a pretty and it, good and then game. It, and it's still hard to compare. App, I mean, it had the same drama. Yeah, but. It had the back and forth where you thought a team was dead in the water, then the other team was dead in the water, and then you thought, okay, there's no way they're done here. I mean, 
they're kind of similar when you think about it. Yeah. I, and I know it was for a league championship, but a regular season game right. doesn't cut it for me like a quarterfinal right. playoff game. I guess the, the only argument would be is that's the historic rivalry, and that's yeah. what added to that. But no, that was a quarterfinal in a historic run, and fair or not, if Algonac does, let's say, they win a state title, that makes it even that much more grandiose in hindsight. Yeah. Single, double, triple for Thomason. Really hit a grand slam. Uh, and uh, Vossler had a single and a double in the uh, the game. And uh, DeLang, of course, one for three with the big uh, two-run single. Bomarito went two for four with uh, singles in her last two at-bats, scored a run and knocked in a run. So th- those were kind of the, the hitting uh, heroes. And, again, Kenna Bomarito – um, through five innings, had one strikeout, and then when she needed it most, she struck out the uh, the side in the uh, the sixth to get out of trouble, uh, and ended the game with just those four strikeouts. But um, it, it it was just a really really good game. It ended up being a fun game. I, I guess I'm enjoying it more because in my mind the right team won, uh, and I would have been uh, like. Uh, again, is, not having seen now that I've seen the play, right? And you like, know, you know, I, that I'm not it bitter at Grass Lake or the umpires anymore. Right. I still think it's a a dumb rule, but it, what I thought had happened isn't actually what happened. Right? It was just a, you know, remember these are kids, and they're doing something that they've ne- that that school's never seen before. So yeah, I'm gonna give someone a free pass because especially since you won, that that's what you just call a learning moment. Yeah. So uh, you you better believe if they hit a home run in a semifinal game, they're going to emphatically step on every base <laughs> along the way, and nobody is going to touch anybody. No, uh, until the play they is over. They should make like an overly exaggerated. If someone hits a home run, like stand like twenty feet back of home plate <laughs> and wait for them to come in and just stomp on the middle of home plate. But but I, I am very serious about this and very sincere about this. This rule's got to go, this thing that a coach can't, you know, you can't slap a player's hand and give, give them a high, high five, five right. or, or whatever when they come around after doing something like that and your your teammates can't celebrate. Again, it's not aiding the runner. That right. is the stupidest argument I've ever heard in my life, and whoever wants to make that argument, I, I will assuming, sword fight you over I'm it. assuming that the rule is in duel. place just because they wanted it to be cut and dry they didn't want room for interpretation. then you know what if you're going to be stay off my grass kids and you can't have fun the rule should be you can't leave the dugout yeah i mean keep it's... them in the dugout and tell them they have to sit on their hands let's tape their mouths shut so that they can't cheer come on Let's be serious about this. What is great about high school sports, and what is especially great about softball, when when you go to a softball game, you know you're at a softball game. The girls are clapping their hands and singing their silly chants in the dugout and rooting their teammates on. The game is about excitement and emotion. It's a fast-moving sport. It really is. Baseball and softball, not the same animal. No. Softball is a fast-moving game. It's hockey on dirt. <laughs> it is. Uh, and, and that's why I think I enjoy it so much. And and to try to take emotion out of it and to, to have a – it's just a dumb, unnecessary rule. An umpire knows if something 
illegal on the base paths has happened. Let's not take away grand slam home runs from kids because the kids around them are excited. All right, so Algonac goes on to face Millington. Millington beat Richmond. I was there. Um, we'll talk about that. And then I'm assuming, because we won't have a show Friday, because we will be in East Lansing, Algonac plays at 10 a.m. Uh, we will have a, uh, a little breakdown because it's actually nice. I got to see Millington because I remember a lot from last year, and what I remember has only gotten better. They are, they are tough. All right, we'll do that when we come back. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Markley Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and clothes, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863.
Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Welcome back, uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, so the other quarterfinal game, that because there were two. Yes. <laughs> well, this one, one, didn't have the result we wanted, and two, it's, how do I put this? It was a very well-played game that had about zero drama. It was two really, really good pitchers, two elite-level pitchers going at it, two pitchers that will, in all likelihood, both be pitching at a high level in college. Going at it, and there were two swings that changed the game, and that was really it. That's really it. It was Ashley Zeal from Millington, who the Blue Devils had faced a year prior, and it was Katie Shoeboy from Richmond. And through three innings, each team got a couple of hits, but you didn't really feel like anyone was in danger. Like, uh, up to that point, uh, through the first three innings, Richmond had Piper Clark got on in a walk, and that was it. And for Millington, all they were able to do is in the third, they got two runners on, on a couple of singles, one was kind of hard hit the other one wasn't just hitting the right spot 
and both teams looked like they were cruising. Go to the bottom of the fourth. First batter comes up, Lily Sherman. Takes a hack at a rise ball and connects with it. It was letter high, and you know how hard Shoe Boy throws. So when you connect with one, frozen rope shot over the right field fence, one nothing, and the way it's going, you're just like, oh, no. Um, then the next batter, Trinity Fessler, singles because, you know, Chew Boy was a bit rattled from the home run. It, at least it looked like it. Just had to take a minute to calm down. Uh, she hit the next batter, then got a pop-up, then had a potential inning-ending double play fielder, picked it up, stepped on second, went to throw to first, and just threw it wide, goes in the dugout. So instead of one nothing after the inning, it's 2 nothing. That was it. That was it. After that single by Fessler, Chewboy didn't give up another hit. The only base runner she gave up after was the hit batter and the fielder's choice. After that inning, she didn't give up a base runner. She was dominant. And Ashley Zeal was just better. The bottom, the the top um, of the fourth, Creon and Stafford both got on and got out, and they had two base runners the rest of the game. That's just Richmond just got bested by it was two pitchers throwing their best, and Zeal was an A plus, and Shoeboy was an A minus yesterday, and that was the difference. And Shoeboy was probably the second best player on that field that day. Yesterday, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I don't know how many two nothing Millington wins. I, I don't know how many Zeal has thrown, but that was the thirteenth shutout of the season for Millington. Yeah, probably a lot <laughs> because she just she mixes up her pitches really well. She does a good job, and we knew the strength of Richmond was keeping runners low scoring. That they have to, they don't have as many. Big hitters is in years past where not necessarily as many like really scary home run threats, uh, and they just couldn't get it going. And they had a runner on second one time, and that was it. They had four, five base runners the whole game, four hits, a walk, and you couldn't be patient with Zeal because if you were trying to be patient, you'd be down 0-2. I'm just I, I'm just looking at what Millington has done this year. Um, they gave up 12 runs in their first two games of the season. They played Garber. Right. And they actually won both games. Which They're- Garber, by the way, if you've looked at the path they've taken in D2, side tangent, they've beaten Owasso, Frankenmuth, and now Country Day. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Ooh. They, they beat them 13-4 and 9-8. After that 9-8 game, in the next seven games that Millington played, they gave up one run. <laughs> yeah. No, Zeal is... Zeal would fit in perfectly with the players of the pitchers in this area, with the Shoe Boy, the Bomberito, the Paul, the McLean. She would be one of the bunch. And the fact that she's only going to Northwood, I don't no, no disrespect to Northwood, but I saw her and I'm like, that looked like a D1 pitcher. But she's going to Northwood, which has a really good softball program. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it, there's. I wish I had more to say. Because it was a quarterfinal between two now rivals. Unfortunately, Richmond's going up to D2 next year, so we won't see that matchup in the future. But it just, there's not a lot to say. They just were overpowered by a really good pitcher. If they play a seven-game series, there's no way it goes less than six. If they play it on a different day, maybe it's Creon or Clark or... Stafford that runs into a ball, and it's Richmond that wins 2 nothing. That's basically what happened a year ago, Dennis. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was 1-1 for eight innings, and Zeal ran out of gas first. Yeah. That, that was the difference. Um, Richmond, they do lose four seniors, including the two starters, Toit and Creon. Uh, they bring a lot back. They have a lot of y- really good young players. And I think for a team and a program that you kind of almost expect them at this point perpetually to get to East Lansing, which is never a fair thing, especially with a school that – a public school. Um, this is a team that's learning. This is a learning experience for Katie Shoeboy that next time they get in this spot and maybe she gives up one hit, a big hit, she doesn't get rattled. Next time she's in a tight spot, she can remember what it was like her freshman year against Millington and helps her down the road, helps this team down the road. How are they going to handle a tough pitcher in a big spot because – they could, Dennis, they could have played 12 innings. Ashley Zeal, unless her arm fell off, it didn't look like she was giving up any runs. I, that's, it's just a tip of the cap to her. She was the best player on the field yesterday, and Katie Shoeboy was the second. And like I said, she blinked for about 10 pitches, and it cost her. Um, and and here, here's the, to me, here's the, the all-telling stat about Richmond softball and why you don't have to really feel bad about what's going on there. They're going to be all right. When they win their first game next year, how many wins is that going to be for Howard? 1,100. 1,100. Wins. 1,100 wins. Not games. That's wins. Yes. (laughs) He's been the coach since 1978. Yep. 1,100 wins. Think about that. That's ridiculous. That's something else. Millington, by the way, has won 17 in a row now. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure between Millington and Richmond, they have won the last three D3 state championships. Yeah. But Algonac will take on Millington. And, Dennis, do you want to take a break, and then we'll yep. preview that in the next segment? I was hoping to have a, a little bit of a thing for you guys, but you'll have to wait for the broadcast because nothing wanted to work out today. So... <laughs> That's That's why you hear a train in the background. I like it. Good atmosphere. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-87. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows. With low-E glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes, they can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meat, 
pets, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hi, this is Dr. William Brady with Life Care Chiropractic in Algonac. If you've been suffering from symptoms of pain or discomfort, I can help. Come visit my staff and I so we can provide relief and help you live a higher quality of life. We're on Point Trumbull Road next to Rite Aid in Algonac. We've got your back in Algonac. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our gift. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. 
All right, so uh, Brady and I kind of feel like uh, Algonac must have uh, yesterday uh, because our, our normal recording spot was taken. Yes. Our backup recording spot wasn't available. Yes. So we have invented a third recording spot, <laughs> and we're putting out this championship podcast. <laughs> yeah. the One of the biggest podcasts of the year coming to you live from Brady's Backyard. And a train just went by when we were going into the commercial break there. Yes. That was pretty awesome. And then, luckily, none of the dogs around me have been barking. I kept my dog inside. I didn't want Jules to start just going crazy, because she would have. And then in the middle of a segment, she would have started digging in the garden, and I would have had to go yell at her. And you would have heard me drop the microphone and yell at her and scold her mid-segment. And then she would want to play and run around, and I'd have to try to calm her down, and she'd come up and bark at Dennis, because she wanted him to play with her. And yeah, so that's why the dog stayed inside. And unlike Brady, I would have played with the dog and been just... Oh, I, I'll play I'm a pro. with her. I got a long mic cord. But... <laughs> Got a long mic cord. Uh, anyway, so Algonac will take on Millington. We didn't get Richmond Algonac, which is disappointing, but we still get a team to East Lansing. We get a first time team to East Lansing. And I know Algonac's really good, and they've earned a lot of respect because they've played. Both Algonac and Millington have played absolute gauntlets of schedules. Both those coaches knew they have studded teams and they need to do that to prepare themselves for the postseason. And it's worked for them. They're both here. And the way this game is going to work out, I feel like the higher scoring it is, the better it is for Algonac, and the lower scoring it is, the better it is for Millington. Now, it's hard to really get a feel of a team from one game. And I don't want to judge an entire lineup the one time I see them face Katie Shoeboy. That feels unfair. You're judging them against one of the best pitchers they'll face all year. However, they're going to face Ken Bomarito next. Which there's very little, if any, drop-off from that. Uh, I do, however, think that Algonac's lineup is slightly better than Richmond's. Where I thought Richmond was better in the pitching and defense, I thought Algonac was slightly better in the hitting department. And I don't think... I would be surprised if they shut out Algonac. And you get to Michigan State, how, you just don't know how nerves are going to affect you. I know Millington was there. A lot of these seniors, they were there as freshmen um, in 19. So they, they are familiar with it. It's a first time for Algonac. But I really think Algonac, now when I say slug their way, I mean they have to score four or five runs. I think that's what they need to do. I, they're not going to have to win a track meet. Now if it gets to a track meet, I'm betting on Algonac, but just get to Zeal and don't let her find a rhythm. How often do you see a pitcher just get into a groove and it's uh, catch the ball, okay, do the routine, pitch, strike, on the corner, on the corner. Find a way to break that up because that's something Richmond couldn't do even when they had base runners. You know, uh, you, you get to MSU and you look at the field and you feel like it's a big field. It's not. But it plays small. Uh, what, what we've learned going there the last uh, few years, because uh, Richmond went there twice, and then, of course, last year we saw Richmond and uh, Marysville, um, is that especially in the at like left center to right center, it really flies. It does. It really flies. Uh, and and that suits well to the way Algonac does things. But again, it sounds to me, Brady, if you're going up against Zeal, thinking about hitting long fly balls, 
you're going to have a short afternoon. She will she's provide gonna, she'll power. She'll strike out a lot. She will provide power. You don't need to swing out of your shoes. If you barrel one up, you're going to hit it hard. Again, that's that was the difference in the game yesterday. They barreled one up. M- M- Richmond didn't. If that doesn't happen, Dennis, we could still be playing that game. Wait in the 400th inning, waiting for the first <laughs> run to come across. Uh, but yeah, I think it's kind of a toss-up. I'm assuming Millington's the slight favorite, and part of that's because they have been there before, um, and Algonac hasn't. But Algonac just went through the ringer. They just had to play the most emotionally taxing game ever, and I think it helps Algonac that they've had two days off in between because you're not going to have that emotional letdown right away. You have a time today. All the girls and the coaches can come back and kind of decompress from that during the day, take a moment, take a few hours to just be like, wow, that was crazy, and then go to bed tonight, get up on Thursday and refocus for the game on Friday. Here, too, is where Len Perkins's experiences and his years of managing and his past success can help him because he can relate it to his girls of what this experience is going to be like. Yes, he has been there before at, at when he was at Anchor Bay. Yeah. And let's – like Michigan State's really cool, but it's not like you go to – this cathedral like I almost think some private schools would be more intimidating one because it's their home ballpark and two like don't get me wrong Michigan State is a very nice facility but it's not like one of those where you walk in and you have to like look around and you're like wow it's a softball field like you said the scene at Hoosiers 60 feet from first to home that's what I that's what I I I envision like the 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 circle to home plate is the same distance of everywhere you right. play. The the base bases are home plate the, the same width, the same as everywhere you play, and the fences are about the same as everywhere you yeah. play. The only difference is it says Michigan State out there instead of Muskrats. Yeah, they're they're a little bit higher, but you just played at Adrian, the same same height at Adrian right. at Michigan State. Um, you know, there's a scoreboard in the outfield. You got one in the outfield in Alanek. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's you're 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 doing softball's this, you're, the same size, yeah. same bats you've been swinging with, just another opponent. And and, and we kind of went back and forth on this in the last podcast. I really think travel ball has changed intimidation. See, I really I, do. It has changed even since when I played, but it's almost different animal. Like there's just a. It's a different feel. It feels like you're with a different team. It's a different high school and travel are separate where, yes, you've played in these big places before, but it's different when you're with a team. It's different because travel ball, really, let's be honest, the only people that follow and care about if a travel team wins or loses is the parents. High school, you have a community behind you. You have a bunch of people. Like there's a buzz in Algonac. Well, right I'm not now. saying there's not pressure or anything. Right. I'm just saying like girl, girls can can handle this. Like, uh, you know, it's like oh well, we do. We, we we just flew down to Texas to play a tournament last weekend. Going to Michigan State is nothing. Well, the other thing I wanted to bring up and wanted to mention, and I this could be nothing. This could be something. But a thought I had of. Richmond Millington has been kind of the big sticking point, right? The last two, two or three uh, postseasons. Could 
Millington have now beaten the defending state champs, beat the team that knocked them out a year before. Is there a possibility for a letdown spot where they exhale and they go, all right, we did it? Because we kind of saw it with baseball where, you know, well, at least I did it, I should say. I'm not going to say Mooney did it, but when I saw Mooney beat Trine in baseball, I said it on the show, I went, okay, they're going to East Lansing. They'll beat Riverview, Gaber, or Richard, and they didn't. And that emotional of having, because you know that Richmond game was circled. They didn't care about Algonac. They wanted to play Richmond in the in the quarterfinal, and they knew that was their, they're saying, this is our biggest hurdle. They're a team that beat us a year ago. They're the defending state champs. We can get through there. We can win the whole thing. Now they got through there, and I don't know if they fully know what's coming in Algonac. Yeah, it's uh, you. You make an uh, an interesting point here because uh, again, uh, and it's not like Grass Lake got off to a bad start or anything. They actually got off to a good start yesterday. But I, I'm going to tell you right now, nobody, nobody from Grass Lake had any idea what an Algonac was, <laughs> where it was from, muskrats. Like seriously, you're calling like, yourselves the Muskrats. Like, 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 who, who are we playing today? And it's not like Grass Lake is a booming community. I mean, they're out in the middle of nowhere, right? And they thought Algonac was another planet. Uh, and and I, and I do think that there is maybe a little bit to that where, where like you, you, you just like, it's a funny looking name. And you look at it and you go like, yeah, where where is that? Algonic. Like like what what is this really? Okay, who are we gonna play in the finals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that can. I'm not saying that that will happen. And and I'm telling you, before the first inning is over, Millington will know they're in a ball game. Yes, yes. I think I think the threshold is if you can score four runs, I'm feeling really good about Algonac. And that feels like a big ask because Ashley Zeal's ERA is like 1.5 now. So that would be way more than she normally gives up. But she throws a lot of strikes. And you know what Algonac does? They swing pretty freely. Now, the ball moves a whole hell of a lot out of her hand. She's not throwing it straight. But we talked about it. Up and down the Algonac lineup, they square one up. Zeal throws it hard enough. They can put it over the fence. Now, they don't, like I said, they don't have to try to hit it out of the fence. They don't have to be power swinging, trying to put it on the moon. Just nice, good swings, and you barrel it up. The speed's going to do the work for them. You get a, you said it in the first eight, blooping a blast, blooping a blast. Get a couple runners on. The wrong batter comes up for Millington and uh, for Millington fans, and Algonac Girl puts it over the fence, 3 nothing, just like that. I could see something like that happening and maybe kind of putting Millington back on their heels because I bet you they look around the state, people who follow softball, and they go, all right, Millington's the favorite to win the title now. Yeah, I don't know anything about uh, Granville, Calvin Christian, or Evart, but those are the other two teams. They'll also be playing on uh, Friday for a right to get to Saturday. They play after. Yeah, they, they, their game is uh, is after uh, so the Millington Algonac winner will play the winner of uh, of that game. I'm not even going to look at that or worry about that. No, at, at this point, be, because 
this game to me is like so titanic that if you're Algonac and you get through Grass Lake and you get through this game, then any anything on top of that is gravy. <laughs> I don't care what championship. Game. Yeah, I, 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 seriously though, I don't care what 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 team I'm playing or what they've done. Again, at, at this point, I I'm there and I feel like I deserve to be there. I yes, Algonac is one of the four best teams in Division Three. Yes, they have. They've beaten good teams all year long. They've beaten Dakota. They've beaten Richmond. They've beaten Almont. I believe they've beaten Anchor Bay. I think they beat. They've beaten a slew of all these teams, some of which are still playing and are going to be at Michigan State with them. They are good enough to win this title. Now, it's not going to come easy. They have to prepare for a dogfight. I'm assuming they're going to stay overnight in East Lansing for the 10 a.m. game because going to get there, want to get to the ballpark about 8.30, right? So you're going to stay overnight. You're going to have some nerves in the hotel room. It's not going to be easy to get a good night's sleep, trust me. Dennis, I mean, you know I can tell you before some of my games in college, you just, you're, you're rolling around. It's not your own bed. You're, you're trying to get comfortable. You're excited. You're also nervous. It's a slew of emotions. But once you step out on that field, it's just softball. It's the same game that these muskrats have been dominating since early April, and they have two games left. Yeah. Uh, and for what it's worth, and it doesn't mean anything, but uh, if you're looking for some sort of guideline, Millington has played teams from the area. They beat uh, Marysville by a run, 5-4. to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, They swept a doubleheader from North Branch, one to nothing and 6-1. to one were the uh, the scores and then obviously a two nothing win over Richmond so and the, you can well, take out of that what you want to take out of that but with some of those again you don't know if Zeal pitched or who threw because I'm going to be honest any game I'm assuming it's Bomberito versus Zeal any game that was pitched by not those two in the past it doesn't mean anything cuz you're facing this arm so who cares if they threw their third and school frankenmuth hit for 10 home runs. Like, doesn't matter. You're not facing that pitcher. It's going to be a pitcher's duel. And I think the, I mean, Zeal's really good. Bomarito's really good. Both lineups are really good. This is just going to be a clash of the Titans that I'm hoping, selfishly, that Millington's overlooking Algonac and thinking they've already won the state title so Algonac can jump on top of them because it's going to be a razor-thin margin that decides who goes to the state championship. Uh, and it, it, it was interesting because, again, I mentioned it during the broadcast, like Al- Algonac's mm, a, an aggressive team, and they're not used to playing from behind. And they had to play from behind yesterday, and they passed the test. Yes. Three times. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> they, they, they passed the, the, the test. That, that was a very gritty win. It, it wasn't what they've been used to being up, you know, 11 runs after right. your first at-bat and some of those games even more than that. Right, and even in the games against Richmond and Almont and North Branch, they still were battling. They were never – and I guess there, was, there wasn't there was as much pressure on the line. That was their first real do-or-die scenario all year long because of the way the BWAC was so funky with the rainouts is when they lost, they went, yeah, well, we can still get help. It wasn't cut and dry. You lose, you, you're done in league play. So – now, well, yeah, they've had a little bit of everything this year, and it should be a fun one. Hopefully both of us are on the call for that one. 
Um, Dennis will take the lead. I'll I'll be there just to just to help him out because well you you had that Grass Lake game. You you deserve the Millington game. <laughs> well, well, we'll if see. your heart can take it. Well, yeah, well, you do we'll, look a little grayer we'll today. See, we'll see what what happens. Well, I would you know again. Uh, you helped me a little bit finding that that video because I was really really sour about the whole Grand Slam thing. But now that I watched the video. I realize Algonac made a mistake there, right? And you got to do things the right way. But it's still—I'm going back to it. The let the kids celebrate. It's a dumb mm-hmm. rule. We need to get rid of uh, any rule. Um, but that's not the rule that was broken there, right? So anyway, um, 10 a.m. first pitch. So probably go live a little early, 9:40, 9:45 ish from East Lansing. That's normally the time I go on, anyways. Yeah, you you don't go on 20 minutes before. Yeah, I do. Do you really? Actually, yeah. Oh wow. All right, then. Um, you go on before me. As long as I have the, the lineups and, and a little bit of information, yeah. All righty. Well, because I don't trust the umpires anymore. They, 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 they will walk, start. They'll or, walk in 10 minutes before first pitch, and we'll, be, and we'll start the game two minutes later. Yeah. Well, we're at we're the state. The, they'll be yeah. on time. But So, anyway, um, anything else before our last podcast? Before the our 2021-22 school year's over, yeah, three hundred and at least one games. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll record Friday if Algonac wins. Maybe we can do a short one, talking about that game, and because we could stick around for the second game and just talk about what to expect from the championship game should it get to that. Well, we'll 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 see what happens. Make those decisions as they come. Yeah, I, I did want to end the show on that. Uh, yesterday, uh, we did two games. They were games two ninety nine and three hundred for this school year. Very proud of the fact that uh, here at GetStuckOnSports.com, two guys, two knuckleheads, plus help from who need help tying yes. our shoes in the morning. Like if we if Brady didn't have a girlfriend and I didn't have a wife. We, we wouldn't remember to dress ourselves in the morning. <laughs> and we got out to 300 events right. this year. Also, did get a little bit of help because we would have come up just short had Matt Shook or Paul Costanzo not helped us during football season. Yeah, that's true. They each did a game. So we would be at 298 right now, begging and pleading with Alconac to win against Millington to get to 300. Yeah. So. But we, we, got to, we got to 300, and uh, also we couldn't do it without our sponsors. Yes, and obviously we couldn't do it without everybody who's been following us. And uh, based on yesterday's numbers, it's a lot of you. The, yeah, the the ratings we've gotten and the numbers that have come back have blown away our expectations. What used to be when we first started, the benchmark I had for ooh, this would be a really good episode or this would be a really good amount of listeners. Now, if we get even fifty percent more than that number. I'm like, ah, what did we do wrong? What was wrong with this? It's become what I thought was going to be great for us has now become a disappointing number to hit, and that has just blown our mind. Yeah, so uh, thanks to everybody, and uh, we'll we'll keep on keeping on, and that includes uh, Friday morning, 10 a.m., Stream 1, Algonac Millington in the uh, semifinals in D3 uh, softball. Hope you can join us for that one. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.